0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you, from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Hebrews the fifth chapter. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and it was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who believed in Him. Dear friends of Christ, I have a bottle of water here. And of course, these bottles of water, you know, it's always amazes me that people spend money for them. But, uh, you know, they, they, they take water and, and then they seal it with, with a cap so that you know that when you drink this water, it's pure. And it keeps people from opening it up and put, putting contaminants in it so that what you're drinking is bad for you. and and, Well, that's what God has done for us. Through Jesus, He has put a tamper-proof seal on us so so that no impurities can come inside of us because we are impure by nature. The impurity is already there. But through Jesus, the water of baptism, the impurities are washed away, right? Well, how does that happen? It's because of His perfect submission with pure water. Uh, Satan cannot contaminate us anymore because the pure water of Jesus has been poured on us and then Jesus Christ and his, his purity lives in us. And, but there are people who reject that and uh, who reject the 100% pure nature of Jesus. And they rejected it back in Jesus' day. They still reject it today. And that's what the book of Hebrews was written for. There were false teachers, even back then. People teaching falsely. What were they teaching Where they were telling people that, yeah, sure, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but as long as you can do that, believe in Jesus, but then also obey him, you'll be saved. And so it was following the cross, trusting in Jesus, but also then saying, I have to do something. That's human nature. Human nature says, I've got to do something to make God pleased with me. It's human nature. And I want you to look at this bottle again. It's, it's, it's sealed. And the contents inside are pure. You can see the, the clear clearness of the water. How weird would it be for me to open it up, pour some of the water out, add some contents that, that uh, um, you know, contaminate it, maybe poison or something. And then, and then after putting poison or, or you know, Things that I wouldn't want to drink in here filling it up shaking it how foolish would it be of me to drink it it's contaminated it's, it's not worth anything and how can you make something that's contaminated how can you make it pure again well I guess they have water treatment plants for things like that for souls they have Jesus And Jesus comes and He is able to take what is impure, what Satan has opened up and poured impurities into you, what your sinful heart has done to pour impurities into you. Jesus Christ comes in and He reclaims that purity. How does He do it? Because once contaminated, we can't can't uncontaminate ourselves. Jesus does it by His submission. I don't... I think we really tend to appreciate the submission of Christ. He submitted to the will of His Father. You don't. You don't submit to your Heavenly Father. So I think we should appreciate today that that Jesus is 100% pure and that He submitted and and that submission mattered. Um, So our theme today, Submission 100% Pure. Our text begins, During the days of Jesus' life on earth... He offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him. Why was he praying loudly? Why was he crying to God? Because he knew what was coming. You'd be praying loud tears and cries too if you knew what was coming. You're obedient. You're doing everything the Lord wants you to do, and yet he's going to punish you. And you don't think you're going to bellyache about that? Jesus wasn't bellyaching. He was just loud cries and tears. He offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. That word reverent means to revere, to hold holy, to put somebody in high regard. He highly regarded his heavenly Father. And he he had the right to go directly to the Lord in prayer. You know, the rest of us don't have the right to talk to God. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, unbelievers, their prayers aren't heard by God. And you think, well, sure, unbelievers can pray to God. No, they can't. We have a mediator. Our mediator is Jesus. Our prayers go through Jesus. God can't hear us. We have no right to go to the Father. We're sinful, we're unclean, we're impure. Jesus earned the right. Why did he earn the right to go directly to the Father? Because he was pure. He was submissively reverent. And He had done everything perfectly. Whatever the Father asked, Jesus had done. And He deserved that right to talk to His Father. And He did it. Because He lived a perfect life. We see Jesus' reverent submission there in our our Gethsemane window. Just before He died in the Garden of Gethsemane, He's praying... Uh, And our text says, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Jesus expressed his inner turmoil to his disciples and he said, guys, we're going to Jerusalem, we're going up to Jerusalem, they're going to hand me over, they're going to beat me, they're going to spit on me, they're going to mock me, They're, they're going to... They're going to crucify me. They're going to kill me. It's going to be a bad day. This this isn't going to go well. He knows what's coming. And he's praying so fervently. Can you imagine praying so fervently that you start sweating blood? Because literally that's what happened. He submitted to the Father's will. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what he had to do. He was willing to do it, no matter the cost, no matter the pain, no matter the price. And it overwhelmed him so much, he started to sweat. But that's a medical condition, sweating blood. Doesn't happen very often. It happens about once every hundred years where somebody is so completely stressed out. You think you've been stressed out? You haven't sweat blood yet. Jesus was reverently submissive, so completely stressed out, so completely fervent in his prayer that his Skin got thin, and his blood vessels got thin, and they started weeping, and he sweat blood. And mingled with the sweat and the blood were tears. And joining the tears were loud cries of agony. And what did Jesus cry? Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. If there's another way to save these people, figure it out. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Now I want you to pay a close attention to Jesus' reverence submission. Not my will, but your will. If, my, if your will is for me to die, then let me die. If your will is that I suffer, then let me suffer. I trust in you, Heavenly Father. And we all have that kind of submission built into us, don't we? Whatever you want to throw at me, Heavenly Father, go ahead, throw it. I'm, I'm all for it, and not only that, as soon as I get it, I'm going to worship you all the more. And we get an ingrown toenail, and we belly ache. Jesus submitted his entire being to the will of the Father. He gave it all up. Gave up everything he had, he He kept all the commandments perfectly. He gave everything He had. He's the only perfect human being. He's the only perfect sacrifice and He was not contaminated. 100% pure. And He took this pure vessel of perfect submission to His Heavenly Father and He took it to the cross and they they nailed Him there. And, and, And on the cross we hear His humanity. We hear His human nature crying out uh, psalm 22 is a prophecy about Jesus on the cross. Matter of fact, Psalm 22, I love that psalm. We read it on Good Friday, it's how we conclude our service. But uh, the, the psalmist puts us right inside the mind of Jesus. You want to know what Jesus was thinking on the cross? Well, a thousand years before he was even put on the cross, King David puts it into words This is what Jesus thought as he hung on the cross a thousand years before he did it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people, and all who see me mock me. They hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. They pierce my hands, they pierce my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. You see, Jesus sacrificed His body. It was prophesied a thousand years. When Jesus came from the right hand of God and He took on human flesh in the womb of Mary, He knew what was coming. And He was perfectly submissive and perfectly obedient, Paul writes, and being found in human form, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Do you appreciate Christ's perfect submission for you? The sacrifices that He made to save you. You say, well, He's just God. Of course, He's God. He does that kind of stuff all the time. And like we belittle it. Listen, He was obedient, but it wasn't easy. In Psalm 22, Jesus continues the description of His cross. Deliver me from the sword. Deliver my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. In His mind, He's hanging on the cross and He looks down at His accusers and He sees them as as vicious dogs, as ferocious lions, as, as wild oxen with deadly horns. Who would submit themselves to such a foe? So, why did Jesus submit himself to such enemies that wanted to destroy his flesh? He did it because he was reverently submissive. It was the only way to save you. It was the only way for him to be what he claimed to be the Messiah to save sinners from eternal death. Don't you see? He was reverently submissive to God's will in a way that you and I can never be. And without that submission, we could not be saved. And some might say, well, yeah, okay, but Jesus, He didn't really suffer that badly. I mean, after all, He's God. He didn't suffer that badly. He's God, and He has that God power, you know, to get through things. It wasn't that hard on Him. That's complete nonsense. Well, it's true Jesus is God. I mean, you know, that's, that's obvious. It's also true that He's 100% true human being just like you and just like you wouldn't want to die on the cross and just like you'd have a tough time if the Heavenly Father put you up there for the sin of the world. Jesus endured that the same way. Why would we begrudge Him His suffering? Why would we begrudge Him His pain? Why would we deny all that? Ignore the perfect submission the obedience that saves us. In our text, it says, during the days of his flesh, that means, you know, while Jesus walked on earth. But I like how our text says it, during the days of his flesh, the sarks, the flesh, uh, in, in Jesus' blood and bones, and he comes to earth in blood and bones as a human being, during the days when he was like us in flesh says the incarnation is important. The reverent submission is important. And he becomes our high priest. Because the people had a high priest, and the high priest in the Old Testament was human flesh, and the human flesh was sinful and unclean. So the priest always had to make sacrifices for his own sins, because he was an impure man. And here you have a go-between, a mediator, the mediator for all mediators, the one who would lead us to God, the one who would open the gate to heaven. Through his perfect submission, Jesus stood as our high priest in the order of Melchizedek, which means the priesthood continues and never dies. Even though he died on the cross, the priesthood never died and Jesus would continue to be your mediator and is continuing to be your mediator. How? Through his perfect submission to God's will to save you. Hebrews writes, we have a chief priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way that we are, and yet not without sin. Or, and yet without sin. And you know, We read about Jesus' fleshly struggles in our gospel lesson. Jesus told his disciples, he says, I'm too deeply troubled right now to express my feelings. Should I say, Father, save me from this time of suffering? No, it's for this time of suffering that I came. Jesus came to earth in the days of His flesh, and He cried out, and He prayed fervently. And the disciples noticed, Jesus was always praying, Jesus was always crying out. He not only prayed fervently, He prayed long, and He prayed diligently, and He prayed often. And when he prayed, he meant it. And He doesn't pray like you pray. He doesn't pray like I prayed. He really prayed to his heavenly Father because he really believed in his heavenly Father. With loud cries and tears and anguish. We don't pray that way. Because we're impure. And we're sinful and unclean. But Jesus was 100% pure. Reverently submissive. Our text says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. I want you to think about that. Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. How many of you become obedient to Christ because some kind of suffering came your way? You find out you have cancer. Well, I think I'll walk closer with Jesus. You lose your job. I think I'll walk closer with Jesus. You get a hangnail. I think I'll walk closer with Jesus. You have things to bellyache and complain about, and out of your reverent submission to God in his position of authority and might, you kneel in submission and you say, Whatever the Lord will for me. And that's what Jesus does. I want you to think about that. He learned submission through suffering. Can you learn to obey God through suffering? Or does your suffering drive you further away from God? In the midst of suffering, Jesus drew closer. closer. Reverent submission. Can you imagine such reverent submission? Can you appreciate it? It's the source of our salvation. The Bible says once he was reverently submissive, he became the source of our salvation. The source. He is the one through whom salvation happens. Without Him, salvation doesn't happen. And how does salvation happen? He's 100% pure. He's not contaminated. And He's able to take His desire to be your Savior and play it out to whatever cost. 1 Peter 2 tells us He committed no sin, no deceit was found on His mouth. And Jesus even prayed for his enemies as they nailed him to the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine such reverent submission? He never got angry. He never got mad. He never lashed out. Never questioned God. He embraced all that. He drew closer in his suffering. Can we appreciate all that? I hope we can. It's the source of our salvation. His perfect submission is the source of of us being saved. His reverent submission makes us 100% pure. Again, read the text. Jesus became the source of our salvation for those who obey Him. The word obey. It means to put yourself under the command of somebody else. Jesus put Himself under the command of our Heavenly Father so that He could be our Savior, so that He'd be the source of our salvation. So that we could put ourselves under his obedience, obedience to him. So, why are you obedient to Jesus? He's the source of your salvation. You're not perfect, but he is. You're filled with impurities, but he's made you pure. And because of his reverent submission, that, that holiness has been placed upon you in the waters of baptism, and your sins have been washed away, and now you're made perfect. Jesus is 100% pure because of his bloody sacrifice. So are we. Baptized. Made clean. Made perfect. In order to do what? Obey his will. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.